Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we worked and the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates to debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults, scams, and multi-level marketing. This month, we are teaming up with igotout.org, a consortium of cult survivors supporting the I Got Out movement of activism and education to help shine light on the commercial cults more commonly known as multi-level marketing. Throughout the month of November, follow along with us on social media as we share MLM statistics, cult education, survivor stories, and ways that you can join in on the movement. Visit igotout.org to share your MLM experience and share your I Got Out selfie using the hashtags I Got Out and I Got Out of an MLM on social media. Freedom of thought is a universal human right. Hey, Hunbots and Hunbros. It's November, and you know what that means around here. Cult month. So this entire month, we are teaming up with the I Got Out Foundation, just like we did last year, to bring you an entire month of cult education. Not only are we going to be talking about a couple MLM cults, but we have some really cool stories this month for you. Uh, my focus is to give you some cult education, maybe show you some red flags in other more well-known cults that make you go, wait a second, and sort of connect that commercial cult of MLM into the cult sphere and educate everybody who's new here that maybe hasn't been here and doesn't really know that MLMs are cults. I am very confident when I say that. And uh, yeah, I'm really, really excited. So if you guys have cult stories, whether they are MLM cult stories, whether they are narcissistic relationship one-on-one stories, whether you were in something that was really dark and you kind of just want to get it off your chest, you can submit cult stories all month long. You can either email me, a few of you have already, you can leave some voice messages on my speak pipe, or you can go to outofmlm.info and submit your story there as well. So if you remember from last month, we started October off with Julie Anderson. And in her story, she talked about her former coach, Jennifer Ryla. Well, as things happen, Jennifer and I got in contact and I asked her if she would be willing to come and talk about her time in Rank Makers as one of the inner circle. And she was so willing to do so. So that is what this episode is about. And in our discovery of rank makers and sort of going down that rabbit hole, I've been introduced to a couple other survivors of rank makers and I reached out to them and I asked them if they would help me gather rank maker stories. So the bonus episode on Wednesday is going to be a little mini dive into rank makers and into the Higdon group and the victims of that group as well. So because it is a cult episode, the content warning will be the same all month long. We will be talking about really heavy stuff, cults, cult indoctrination, grooming, and all of the really, really horrible things that come along with cults, as described in Dr. Stephen Hassan's Bite Model. So again, please, as always, use discretion when listening to these episodes because the topics can be triggering and difficult. Lastly, I would like to say thank you to our new Patreon members, Ryan Murphy, Mindy King, and Heidi Paulus. Thank you so much for being members. The Patreon has become a bit busier of a place, and so I am so excited to have more members of our little club over there. 
Um, as always, content comes out early and ad-free, and all of those little dorky things that you might be missing in these episodes, yeah, those are over there too. <laughs> if you like my little side tangents and dorky jokes, uh, don't miss out on the Patreon because you could join the Patreon and enjoy it over there. We have two tiers, five and ten dollars, and you help support an indie podcast or pay your bills. So thank you so much. Anyway, enough of my dorky charm. Let's get on to the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. We're getting down and dirty today. We're going to be talking more about culty stuff and narcissistic stuff. And I'm really excited to welcome to the show my guest and my new friend, Jennifer Ryla. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. How are you? I am so good. And as I mentioned to you, like I never thought that I would be on an anti-MLM podcast. This is a full circle moment. And I'm before we even get into it, I'm so thankful for the work that you're doing and your content. And as much as I friended you and unfriended you and listened to you and then didn't listen to you, you've really, truly helped me um, wake up. And so thank you. I'm excited to be here. I am. Uh, I, I'm just so it's it, again, like I never thought I would have somebody like you <laughs> on an anti-MLM podcast with you outside of the MLM and the system. Um, so everybody that's listening right now, um, please explain like who you are in terms of like MLM and, and what MLM you were and kind of how high up you were in this to sort of explain why it's wild that you're even on an anti-MLM podcast in the first place. Ah, oh, yeah, it is. It's wild. That's such a great way to describe it. I was involved in Arbon. Arbon was the only company that I ever joined. I had used products in other companies. I grew up like my mom had Avon and Mary Kay, and I had been to different parties like that. But Arbon was really my first like deep exposure into the MLM world. And it sucked me right in. I was a vulnerable mom. I was working in child protective services. So I had a very busy schedule on call every other weekend, an exhausting, emotionally taxing job. And of course I was looking for a way out of that. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't glamorous. It wasn't fun. I wasn't making a lot of money. I was pregnant at the time with our second baby. At the time when it was presented to me, it felt like the stars had aligned. It felt like, and I know a lot of people say this, but it felt like an answered prayer which in a sense it was okay. Like I I'm, I'm happy where I'm at now. If I had to go through all this shit to then now speak out, like, like it's, it's okay. I'm, uh, but that's where I was when Arbon was presented to me. So compared to what I was doing, it, it did look like a dream and I created success in Arbon. And I know we'll, we'll do a deeper dive into what that looks like, but just to, to, tell everybody what happened since then, like in a quick little nutshell, is I created success in Arbon. I earned the Mercedes, which was pitched to me like, once you get to the Mercedes level, you have a willable asset, your business starts to take on a life of its own, you'll still have to work it, but not as much. You'll have that social proof. So people will be asking you to join And I just had my sights set on that Mercedes level. And I knew that not only would that replace my social work CPS or uh, whatever your state calls it, but child protective services job, 
but it would be more fun. It, it was so much more glamorous than the life that I was living. When I did that and I created the success, <laughs> success in air quotes, right? I was then recruited into a multi-level marketing coaching group called Rank Makers and Ray Higdon's Inner Circle. And I became a coach for them. And I did that for three years. I coached people across hundreds of different companies. I was still in Arbonne at the time. And all of his coaches were either in different companies, or this is really interesting, have left their MLMs altogether and aren't even doing network marketing, but they're coaching people in network marketing. Well, that's interesting. (laughs) So I did that for three years. Then I woke up. (laughs) Uh, One of my coaching clients, how I started to wake up, there were, there were other things, but a big piece of it was one of my former coaching clients in Ray Higdon's inner circle was speaking out against him. And I know you did an episode with her, uh, Julie Anderson. I respected her. I admired her. She was crushing it on TikTok. I learned, even though I had coached her, I learned about TikTok from her. She was speaking truth. Like I couldn't deny it. I was her coach when Ray was making fun of TikTok, telling her that she was wasting her time and exploiting her and all these things. I couldn't ignore it. Like people say the cognitive dissonance. I'm like, I know she's telling the truth. So what other red flags am I missing? What else am I not seeing? And then it became crystal clear. And luckily I'm out now. There you go. We're done with the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you so much for showing up for joining us today. Um, (laughs) No, it's wild. Yes. Julie Anderson is incredible. I absolutely love her. Hilarious. And the reason even we're talking here, because she was like, you know who you really should talk to is Jen. And I was like, oh, and then you emailed me and I was like, oh, it's the same <laughs> And it's just sort of like, you know, full circle, like you said, but you emailed me because you had heard Adelie's episode and you were like, everything she said in that I can confirm 100%. Yes, it happened to me or other people I knew she's speaking the truth. Um, and it was very interesting to me because a couple of days earlier when the episode came out, I had received other emails from the opposite. And this is something that happens sometimes, you know, I'm speaking about certain things. There are going to be people that go, Hey, I don't agree with you. And that's okay. That's, we have discussions about that. And it was a couple different people had said different things, but one that kind of stuck out was like, that was not my experience at all. And that is not what happened to me at all. It's okay. Right? Like not every single person that goes through the MLM is going to go through the entire ringer and not every single person is going to get swept up or go down a conspiracy rabbit hole or anything like that. So it was very interesting to me that really within like 48 hours, I had received two emails about the same episode that were extreme polar opposites of each other. One that was like, oh, that was not what it was like at all. And then you being like, everything she said is exactly what happened. And so it was important to me to talk to you to show that this does happen and that some of these wild and uh, and deeper, intense stories are not one-offs, right? The one-off, I would expect that most people don't join QAnon or get close to joining QAnon when they join an MLM. And so most people's experiences are going to not really look like that. But here we like to tell the stories where things get really intense like that. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's too many coincidences with this topic. When can you chat with me? And and here we are. 
<laughs> I'm really excited. Absolutely. Adelie's episode was amazing. And I had very similar experiences. In fact, not even to go down like that, po- the political side before I even get there, because this happened earlier, the 30 days to healthy living program, like allegedly, like in my opinion, is very restrictive. And really, I had major issues with food and eating and had very disordered eating. And I didn't know it at the time. I believe that I, my team, my specific team, because I, then I think the, the other nuances, people like my team didn't do that. You should join our team and all of that. My team specifically was one of the more strict. And so maybe if you didn't have that experience, okay, maybe your team is better, whatever, <laughs> right? Better in air quotes again. My team, if somebody wasn't getting results on the 30 days healthy living program, they were immediately gaslit. They were told you're putting too much fruit into your shape. You're using too much sugar. Don't eat bananas. And I remember one time sort of early on, I mean, I was maybe a couple of years in, I had a client who was not losing weight, not getting results. She was doing everything she was supposed to do. And she had posted in the group, like saying, I'm not losing any weight. In fact, I feel more bloated and all that stuff because you're just eating like supplements and fiber. And it's just messing with your insides. One of the leaders was like, oh, well, that's because you're putting bananas in your shake. And I'm like, looking at the sugar content of the shakes, and I'm like, there's no way a banana is doing this over the sugar in these shakes and the ingredients in these shakes. Now I see it clear as day, but that was some of the red flags. Like they would just shame people. People would post images of food that they were eating. And now that in and of itself is already a very vulnerable thing. You know, like when you hire a trainer, or a dietitian or something, and you have to like tell people what you eat every day. I mean, I think that that requires just a level of vulnerability that is just so disrespected in these groups because they're posting it publicly. And of course they are because that public accountability gets your commitment right there. If you're saying publicly, you're going to stick with this business or this program, they got you and you don't want to back down on your word. Like that's a manipulation tactic. And so people would post images of the food they're eating. And sure enough, like leaders would get in there and they'd be like, oh, this has too much sodium. This has this, and this has this. And then like a leader would post like a recipe and it would have something similar and it would be like, it's okay if they do it. There was so many inconsistencies. And I told you this before, but the 30 days to healthy living program was actually one of the first things that I was like, I'm out. I actually got to a point in my business just a couple of years ago. It was like middle of 2020 and it was during Arbonne's FTC investigation. I saw how that was handled by leaders. It was, there's no accountability. It was just delete everything that you did. Just make sure nobody sees it. They're unfairly targeting us. It's okay. We'll get through it. If you just believe, <laughs> you know, all of that kind of faith-based oh manipulation. God. No, zero accountability. That was a red flag. And then the leaders at the top, especially didn't take accountability. And they were like, well, I don't teach my team to do false health claims. And it's like, yes, you do. This is a best copycat wins. Follow the leader system. It's happening somewhere and it's trickling down. I got very high alert during that investigation. And it started with the 30 days to healthy living. I left all the groups 
And I'm like, I'm out. I'm not going to promote the nutrition anymore. I don't agree with it. And so that was that. The other piece I want to share with people is I was a regional vice president at this time, which is, I, I hate saying these dumb numbers that don't mean anything, top 2%. And I had the Mercedes. Okay. When I became a regional vice president, I was added to so many groups that now not only was I like trying to recruit people, but now I'm expected to manage them. Oh, your team has to show up and this is unpaid, right? Your team is leading the 30 days to healthy living this month. So gather up your team and make sure they're posting in them every day. We were expected to take a calendar of the month and have our team sign up for a day and they could either post or do a live video in the group. And none of my team is getting paid. And so I always felt really icky asking my team to do this. They're trying to build their own businesses. This is unpaid work, but it's certainly not something that I can do on my own. That was another thing where I'm like, I'm out. And I I remember telling some of the leaders, the other regional vice presidents, like, I'm not running this group. And they're like, well, then, you know, it's not really fair if you get to use it. And I'm like, I'll do my own thing. I don't care. But at that time, I had bowed out of the 30 days to the healthy living program altogether. So it was fine. People don't realize too, like the deeper you get into the levels in some cases, like you're doing less. Maybe some people are sitting back and collecting money. In my case, my attrition levels were going down. I was losing my team. I mean, I was scrambling. And then on top of it, I'm supposed to like do all these training calls and run the 30 days to healthy living group and show up to these team calls and meetings and like extra like VP calls now. And it's just like more and more and more unpaid work. Well, right. And they they tout it as like, you should be so excited that you're at this level that you now get the privilege to train or the privilege to run this group or the privilege to have the control of this. You're saying like that other person was like, well, if you're not going to do it, that's not fair that you get control of the group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. It really is like this, this hamster wheel. Uh, 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 I'm speechless. It's just, it's, it's wild. I wasn't even aware at that time how much unpaid work I was doing yet. It was just really like, I don't have the capacity for this. Like I, I, I really cannot do it. It yeah. wasn't even like, I'm not getting paid for that. Cause I was doing tons of unpaid work and we all do, but looking back, I'm like, yeah, and all that was even unpaid. And I still felt bad about it. So then here's the other piece to it, right? These leaders know my team is declining. It's like used like, well, maybe that's why your team isn't growing. Cause look, you're not showing up as a leader. And that kind of stuff was said to me and other people a lot. And I didn't see it for like the covert abuse that it was. Yeah. You mentioned covert abuse. Uh, That's another thing here we're going to talk about today. Um, And to mention another email that I received uh, a couple of weeks ago from someone named Victor. Hi, Victor. Uh, And it was a very eye-opening email to me. I have had quite a bit of covert narcissistic abuse in my life and overt as well. And I am really biased. I just am. And that was something that I I had not really addressed or really looked into until Victor was like, hey. (laughs) Um, And so I really appreciated that conversation. But it was very much like, hey, look, not all narcissists are evil, horrible people. And I was like, oh, my God, you're totally right. But my own bias of being in these situations and being abused by types of people that are narcissists or have narcissistic traits, I myself was very biased to that. 
So I was calling it narcissistic abuse. And I want to say right now that I, I'm going to try my hardest not to use that term um, because it's not necessarily narcissistic abuse. It's covert abuse. And so I just want to apologize to anybody out there if I had offended you by calling it narcissistic abuse when I should be using the term covert abuse. And that's my bias showing. And this is me taking accountability and saying, oops, oh my gosh, I didn't even notice that. So thank you to Victor. And also this sparked uh, a discussion about Dr. Romani, which you and I talked about as well. And so I'm going to reach out to Dr. Romani and ask her if she would be willing to come on the show and to do an episode about covert narcissism and to discuss that in the future. So I just wanted to say that really quick before we get into this, because this episode really does deal with a lot of covert abuse by narcissistic people. With my ADHD, there are certain things that I will gravitate toward, like my impulse control or like people pleasing, which is not really great for me. And so it's the same sort of thing as like working on those things. And I just wanted to bring that up and say that we're going to be working on that more and talking more about that. But thank you to Victor for bringing that to my attention and teaching me something. So anyway, let's continue into this. Your episode on Dr. Romani's podcast, Navigating Narcissism, was incredible. I know I told you that, but I want to make sure your listeners, if they haven't heard that, was amazing and eye-opening as well. And I think that what has been helpful, like for me in like speaking out too, is talking more about overt or covert abuse, abuse, or maybe narcissistic abuse versus always saying the word cult or always saying anti-MLM and using other terms like high control group, which I learned from people like you, Julie and other anti-MLM creators. That podcast was so eye-opening for me because I really clicked. I'm like, I'm not the victim of, of MLM companies. Yes, I am. But I'm also, I'm the victim of this covert abuse. That's, that's what it is. Yeah, absolutely. And like MLM's the vehicle for the COVID yes. abuse. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the covert abuse that you experienced in Arbon, and then we'll get into rank makers and how Ray Higdon came into your life. My upline, when she recruited me, she was very new into her business less than a month in. She was really just doing what she was told. And to this day, I have respect for her. At the beginning of this year, she tragically lost her husband and she has been dealing with a lot of trauma and they have two little ones. And I want to be very sensitive when I speak, when I say upline, I'm not going to be speaking about the woman who brought me in unless I I say like my sponsor or the woman who brought me in, but I'm actually going to be speaking more about the two women above her because those are the two women that I believe abused me the most and manipulated me the most. And so I mentioned how I left the 30 days to healthy living groups. I was no longer promoting the nutrition in the same way. It was summer of 2021 where I had a conversation with the woman who brought me in because I felt safe to speak to her. And I'm like, I I'm, I think I'm, I'm done with Arbon. I'm going to just focus on coaching. <laughs> Because that was a steady stream of income. And you see all of these MLM leaders now get into online coaching and real estate and all these things still acting like their money is coming from their MLM when really they know it's not sustainable. And that's how I felt. I felt like coaching was a steady paycheck. 
Arbon was declining. I also was waking up to the abuse, but again, I'm still in that mindset because I had already passed the phase of I'm going to do this differently that everyone goes into. I was past that phase, but I thought, oh, you know, it's not MLM. It's just I got to I got to step away from Arbon. Coaching is is okay. It's where it's at. So I said that to her, and she was supportive, but her uplines, they continue to reach out to me. So that was during the summer. And in fact, and I want to say this very clearly, because I've had a lot of people from Arbonne message me, say that I'm lying, say that these things didn't happen to them. I get a lot, especially about the content that I did where I showed like my closet full of products. Oh, well, you know, that was for your personal use. You know, we don't make, you don't have to make that kind of investment. When I joined Arbon, the options for an investment were $1,500 or $2,500 investments. It was a lot of in-home stuff at that time and like wellness presentations and that kind of thing. What is the point of having that much product to just have one of everything? So if anybody wants to try something, you can try it. You are taught to Arbonize yourself and your home, which is pretty much every personal care, skin care hair care, nutrition, every product that you use, you are now making it Arbonne. And if you don't do that, you are not a complete product of the product. And if you don't have success, that's probably why. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably why. Yeah. So um, I did that. I Arbonized my home. Plus I needed tools for the presentations that I was told to do in my first month. I was told I needed to book eight presentations to be great, eight to be great and 10 to win. And so I, (laughs) it's like the rhyming schematic is more important than actually getting it. Oh my God. (laughs) So, and I'm still working as as a social worker at this time and I'm pregnant and have, you know, a two-year-old at home, but I, I was sold the dream that this is going to be my way out. And if I just put my head down for the next six months, imagine where I would be. Okay. And and that's not even what I wanted to share. That actually just was a little sidebar now. I kind of went down a tangent of when I first got started. Now that they've been investigated by the FTC, they don't do that type of investment, or at least they do it more covertly. But at that time, that was very common practice where you urbanize yourself and then you got everything you needed for your presentations. But what I was going to say is when people tell me like, oh, you were never forced to make those investments. Okay. Last summer, I said that I was done with Arbon. I told my upline and then the woman who brought me in and for every month, So August, September, October, and then it finally ended November 30th, 2021. I received a text message from my national vice president, which is like the top, the top. And it said like this, and I brought it up because I want to read it verbatim. And it was almost the exact same text message every month after I said I had quit. This is at 1236 a.m., okay? So it's important to note here that this is after the qualification period is over, okay? So it's till midnight or 11.59 p.m. during a certain time for most companies. It's as far as I understand. Was it like that for LuLaRoe? 
Uh, probably. I don't remember. Yeah. So this is, Hey Jen, sorry for the late text again. Ha ha. You up? I didn't respond. I don't know if you're aware, but Arbon has reduced qualifications from now, which was November through February. And it's now only 32,000 to go into qualification for region because at this time I was losing my region. Okay. Cause I was out. I stopped. You are currently at 31,824 QV, literally less than 200 QV away. If you want to be in qualification and earn that Ben's back like you deserve, put in a small order and give me the order number and I will ask for an exception just for you. Love you. Wow. Yeah. And so those text messages that are very covert, that are like, just put in a small order of 200 QV. And you know, it's not going to be 200 because what happens is they're like, well, do you need this and this? And you might as well get it now because it's on sale. You you justify in your head and especially like towards the end of the month. And I've heard you talk about this on other episodes where it's the end of the month, the website is crashing. And once you log in, you're like, I got to get it all now. It might crash on me. And I got to get it in before the time is up because then it won't count. And so that kind of stuff happened all the time. So when people are like, you were never forced into purchasing those products. No, a gun was never put to my head. I can honestly say that. But this is the kind of stuff that people do not know happens month after month after month. Um, It's wild to me because people will say like, oh, no one forced you. Well, no, of course not. But Here's the MLM essentially gets you to put all of your eggs into one basket, right? You quit your job, you retire your husband. We're talking about like people at the top. We're talking about people who are really, they have no other option here. You're given two options like, well, this or that. You either buy some product and continue the scheme or you lose everything. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's like, well, we don't really have a choice because this is where my income comes from. I have people that message me and they go, I feel horrible. I'm in this situation like this, but that's where all of our, our money comes from. So my husband is looking for work. He's going back to work. I think hopefully by six months, I'll be able to quit. I mean, these are realities for people, not overtly, but covertly. Absolutely. People are forcing you to do things because peer pressure, Mm -hmm. the fear of being called out, the fear of being the example of failure to the entire team. Where last month you were the queen of awesome. And this month you're the biggest loser anybody's ever seen. And it's like, it is so much psychological manipulation. And I know that not everybody's experience is like this, but the fact that anybody's experience is like this is the reason that we have these conversations and expose this because you might be sitting there going, you know what? I didn't experience it like Jen, but I experienced it on a different level, I experienced that kind of abuse when I was like, oh, well, you know what? My kid needs braces this month. So I I can't make my minimum order. And then I was berated in the chats and there was a group chat made about me and like, I can't believe they could get braces next month. You really need to qualify on all of this. And you're going to want to avoid that because it's fucking horrible. It's horrible. Nobody wants to go through that level of abuse and bullying from people that are supposed to be your friends, your coworkers, your colleagues. 
Yeah. I was in those VP chat threads. That was another red flag for me that I think helped me start to see through, like notice that the emperor wasn't wearing any clothes is because once I got added to all those like VP chat threads, I saw all these leaders like bad talking all these people that they were love bombing in the groups. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report, and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet. And they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the Flow Knit High Rise Boyfriend Jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Zsa for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester, and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claims standard-approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. They have become an absolute favorite, and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton modal scoop neck tee and some sneakers, and you've got a perfect effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash MLM.
And another friend of mine who has since left, she was a VP too. And her and I were like, if you leave the VP chat, I'll leave it. And so we both left it at like the same time. Cause I, and I, I just told them, I said, it's too much. I've got too many messages coming in. It's just to kind of like clean out my inbox. But it was really, cause I didn't want to listen to gossip all day. One thing I forgot to mention in that text message that I read from my upline NVP is she said, you know, earn the bends back. Like I know you deserve. Harbon will help you out. Just place this little order and qualify and you'll get that bends like you deserve. I mean, it's so unbelievably loaded and I'm sure we're always taught never leave money on the table. Like, well, you're getting a $10,000 bonus, so you can spend $6,000 to get it. You're still making $4,000. So was there even when you got that message, was there ever anything in your head that was like, I could just spend $200 and get my car payment paid this month? No, because I, I already, this woman, I already, I didn't like her. (laughs) It was more of a principal thing. I was like, uh, no, I was out. Uh, I still was a consultant though. I mean, obviously, because that's she knew that. As far as the Ben's payments go, so to get to regional vice president, you're doing, you have to do 40,000 QV in sales three months in a row. So 40,000 40,000 QV, that's qualifying volume. Qualifying. That's your whole organization. That's yes. you and everybody underneath you. Yes. 40,000, which is, is it usually one for one or around? So it's roughly $40,000 in product moved through your team a month for three months consecutively. Correct. That's what we did to get there. So once you become a regional vice president, you do that three months in a row, you become a regional vice president. When your team, they do make up for like attrition and all this stuff. And you're made to feel like, oh, they're so generous. As a regional vice president, when your team does 25000 in sales, you get a $200 payment towards your bends. When you do 30000 in sales, you get a $400 payment towards your bends. When you do 35000 in sales, you get a $600 payment. And when you hit 40000 you get an $800 payment. And then national vice presidents have different qualifications which is like the top level, sorry, Arbonne, cult speak. At the top level, you can earn a $1,000 bonus. But you have to continuously hit those numbers. If you don't hit it, you are stuck with that payment. You're stuck with the insurance. I mean, that doesn't cover insurance and the payment and gas and all of these things. Yeah, so that's why she had said that because she knew that my husband and I were paying for it. And, And that's another piece too is, There were so many years that I gave Arbonne all the credit for like me being home and driving this Mercedes. And like, I, I make a point on all these podcasts to be like, it it was my husband and that comes with a lot of privilege and that is rampant. I know it's an Arbonne. Like a lot of these women are funding these businesses because of a spouse's income. And I just want to go on the record and say like, Every time I wrote hashtag because of Arbon or because of Lularol, I wish I could say hashtag because of Derek <laughs> or wow. because of me or because of me, depending on because of you too. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So you hit the regional vice president. That's the, the level that unlocks the car bonus, the ability to unlock the car bonus. Oh, wow. And you decide we're going to go get this car. So walk us through going to the dealership, all of this and and picking out your car. So 
Yeah, we we took a day. My husband and I went, we got lunch, we made a day of it. It was like a little date day. We looked at cars. I do remember the salesman at the Mercedes dealership being like, wow, we haven't done one of these Arvon cars in a really long time. And I remember thinking, <laughs> oh, that's weird. Yeah, like, hmm. <laughs> He's like, I can't remember the last, and he said it like a few different ways. Like, I can't remember the last time I did the paperwork for this and all these things. It's under your name. They run your credit score and all of that stuff. And yeah, and I did the cringy video where I drove it off the lot and my poor husband again had to film me and I did like a Facebook live and I'm like, I'm driving my Benz off the lot. Look at me. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about it, except it was a really looking back. It was a really cringy experience. Now, is it like a specific car or did you just go to the lot and just pick out whichever Mercedes you want? Or is it like a specific like Arbonne, you get this model, this model, this model, the model, it just has to be white, which just that's like a whole thing. Like everything in Arbonne has to be white and pure. And there's so much, <laughs> there's so much of that faith-based manipulation. I know, I know. Even your face, when you said white and pure, you were like, oh, <laughs> I, I was, I was swallowing back down the vomit that came out of the face. That I made. So the only specification is that it has to be a Mercedes and it has to be white. And everything else is up to you, your preferences, and really your, your credit score. Your credit score. Yes. Yes. So what happens if you have not a great credit score and you can't get financing for the Mercedes? Then you don't get a payment. So I get that question too, where people are like, well, what if I don't really care about the card? I just want the money. Cause that's what I would have done. You're not allowed to, you have to fill out paperwork that says I went to the dealership. I got this car. It's in my name. And you, then you do have to put like an Arbon emblem on it. And there's like little, you know, vehicle, like not decals, little things that you put on it. And then you throw yourself what's called a Benz bash, which I get questions about that all the time because it yeah. is show, it is shown on social media that, oh my God, look at this company. Like they're so amazing. They're, they're like almost throwing this party Again, they don't say it outright. It's implied. It's implied that this is something that Arbonne does for people who earn the Mercedes. That is not, in fact, true. All that Arbonne does is they send you like a thousand QV of product that you can raffle off at the event to like recoup your cost. But the more extravagant these parties are, they're used as a recruitment tool. And I have had people who... I lost touch with because I was in a cult who have since been like, you know, I I'm so sorry. I didn't go to your Ben's bash and all this stuff. Like I, I just, it's, it was like a really culty and I'm so glad you woke up to it. And like, even people that attended who just came, even though they were never going to join, but wanted to be supportive that I had achieved this goal were like, I left because like, I didn't understand any of it. It's like all cult speak. It's very manipulative and you give, you give awards to your team. And now like you give gifts to your team that you're paying for. And I know people make the argument like sales organizations do like promotional stuff all the time. And like, you could all, you could claim all that on your taxes and everything. But there's another piece to it that I think is very important to point out is like 
you are on a, a whirlwind high of like, I'm the shit. Like, this is amazing. Like all my dreams are coming true. Like you just want to make this the most fun. This is like the pinnacle of everything that you've worked towards. You just want to, it's almost like a wedding. I know that sounds so cringe to say, but it is a dream come true. I I wasn't, and I take hundred percent responsibility, but I wasn't keeping track of all the little gifts I was buying and all the little things, odds and ends and here and there. I just wanted to give people an experience. And I think that that is important to point out that people act like, well, you could have claimed it on your taxes. You could have done this. Nobody showed me how to do all that. And in fact, whenever I asked questions, like, am I doing my taxes right? Am I doing like, it was like, oh yeah, we'll get to that. Oh yeah, we'll get to that. It was never a priority. Yeah. That was never a priority in LuLaRoe either. You know, the, the compensation plans are so confusing that you, I, I did have somebody join my team who has since left MLM altogether and she is speaking out and she was actually a part of Ray and rank makers as well. Um, she got paid the wrong amount. She was like, I didn't get paid what I was supposed to get paid with Arbon. I had no idea like how to calculate it. I'm like, okay, I had to like go to like an uplines, uplines, upline. Cause they were like the only person that understood the compensation plan. And like, you had to just trust. And when you called Arbon customer service, you were to redirected. Like we don't take calls about paychecks. You had to call like somewhere else. And it was just this runaround. And then, you know, finally that woman left because they had like messed up her paycheck and she's super smart. And I'm like, you know, now I'm like, good for you. Like, <laughs> and I'm so glad she's out and she's speaking out. But that that's another thing is like, there's money coming in. But like, I didn't even know if I was getting paid the amount I was supposed to. And it didn't even matter because it's just everything felt perfect. And as it was supposed to be, and that all did come crashing down. Um, before I move on to like the straw that broke the camel's back with that, I do want to say really quick that another red flag was when I was planning my Ben's bash and like immediately after my Ben's bash happened, my, that same upline that texted me was like, basically told me like, I've been complacent for long enough, like that I needed to like stop enjoying everything. Again, this feels like a wedding. Like when you get married you're like first few months of marriage, right? Are like enjoying each other. or That's what you hope for. Like there's a honeymoon phase, right? I had worked incessantly and obsessively for five years towards this goal. Like I finally felt like, oh, maybe I can take a breath. And that upline was immediately like, you're going to lose your, your rank if you get too complacent. And I remember thinking, I remember having the thought just like it was yesterday. I thought this was about time freedom. God, I don't really feel very free. And and then just like gaslighting myself and moving on and being like, I'll just kind of like take the rest of the weekend off and then right, I'll get right back to it on Monday. Wow. God, <laughs> it's true, right? Like that's what they say. Like once you get to this level, you can take a break. You can sort of chill. You've got this business that's willable now. You've got all this stuff. You're at this point. And then they're like, stop taking a break and get back to work. And you're like, where does that get? That's I a contradiction. 
Yeah. Right. It was a, it was a big contradiction that had me start questioning. I earned the Mercedes in 2019. I was a part of Rank Makers in the Inner Circle. What happens inside of Rank Makers, for those that aren't familiar, is Ray Higdon goes live in there every single day with an action step for your business. And I remember one of the action steps, they were looking for stories. They were looking for success stories. And so I typed into the comments, you know, I was stuck in my business for four and a half years and I just achieved you know, a huge promotion, earned the Mercedes, earned like the Arbonne incentive trip. And this was the truth. I tripled my team volume. Okay. And of course they latched onto that story. And it was like, that was kind of a whirlwind too, because then all of a sudden I'm like made to think that it's all because of Ray and rank makers. When I had been working for five years and I had only just joined rank makers, I had only been in for a few months. And so they wanted to interview me. Okay. I earned the Mercedes in 2019. This is summer of 2019. So everything is happening so fast. They want me to become a coach. I I like feel like my dreams are coming true. And this is important to note. I brought this for you too. (laughs) You're going to die. I don't know if you can read this, but it says Rachel Hollis of network marketing. Oh my God. (laughs) This is summer. The date here is August 11th, 2019. So same time. I would, this is the start today journal. Hashtag goals written all over the front of it. Yes. I would write in this journal. I am the Rachel Hollis of network marketing. I know it's so cringe, but I'm just going to be real here because I saw myself as a coach, as like a speaker, as like, like the big picture was that I was going to be on these stages and I was going to make this impact and have these conferences and all these things. And so when I was asked to be a coach, I'm like, oh my gosh, everything is happening. I'm manifesting. (laughs) (laughs) So how many months from you joining to the point where Ray was like, you need to be a coach? Probably five, six months. Yeah. That's pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, and I had no coaching certification. His coaches don't go through any sort of certification or training, except that they were in his program and then they have a success story. I don't even think it matters whether it was really attributed from that. Because looking back, it was the five years of work, four and a half years of work that I did prior to that, that really, whatever. It was just, I got in at the right time. And I just, I invested a lot of money into it as well. I mean, there's so many factors that now I see clear as day. Like I was the first one in my area. It was at the start of social media. Like I joined it in 2014. Like it wasn't like what it is now. I had a husband who could fuel a lot of this. There's so much privilege and timing that goes into it. So what was it about rank makers when you originally saw it that made you want to join in the first place? I was stuck. So I reached like the area manager level of Arbon, which is the second level. And that's the level where they say, this is a willable asset, which is a complete lie. They say, you know, if you get to the area manager level, you, you now are going to leave a legacy for your family, you know, not, not saying like, first of all, you have to keep up the numbers and then you have to actually go to an attorney and draft up the paperwork yourself. It's not like Arbon does that for you. It's not like some perk that they give you, but it was sold that way. So I was at that level. I mean, I was at the area manager level. I was making like 2000 to maybe during months where they launched new products, maybe I'd make 3000, 4000, not anything like huge. 
So I had been stuck at that level for several years. I actually got to the area manager level like in my first six months. I mean, it was relatively fast as far as the company goes. And so I was stuck there for like four years. So I'm like stuck. I'm like, you know, not realizing that that's just how these things work, that it's like the honeymoon phase wears off or whatever. And so I'm like, I need a coach, like a lot of people. So I came across one of his ads. I hired him as a coach. I joined his group and that's how that came to be. I'm actually really great friends with the woman who was coaching me. She's since left and she was instrumental in helping me leave. Like she sent me a text message that was like, this doesn't feel right anymore. Like, can we talk? And that took a lot of courage and I was feeling the same way, but we were siloed. So I have nothing but good things to say about my experience with her as my coach, but it was her, not Ray and rank makers and inner circle. So I become a coach and it's again, a whirlwind. Like 2019, the end of 2019 was just this high of highs. Everything seemed to be working out for me. I thought I earned a mastermind at Ray. I earned, I'm going to say that I earned a mastermind at Ray's house where I got to be around all these top earners across different companies. I had become a coach and I spoke on stage at his events. Like I shared my story at his rank makers live event. There were just so many things that seemed to be happening. Like, and I'm thinking this is all because of MLMs and actually the mastermind at his house, I earned because I paid for it because He had asked people to donate money because again, he uses his influence in my opinion in a deceptive and undue way. And he had been asking people on his Facebook live to donate to the Facebook stars program, which he then claimed that he was going to donate to charity. Who knows if that actually happened. And so I donated like a certain amount of money, which earned me the spot at his house. But of course it was like, I think people knew that because they knew that this live was happening, but the way they touted it was like inner circle coach, Jennifer, like they made this big deal of it. And then they asked me to do these well, while you're at Ray's house, can you do like training? So who knows if it was like rigged? Who knows if it was like, let's send one of the coaches there and then they can do trainings inside the group. Um, So I go to this mastermind at his house and I become a coach. And as far as red flags go with, like I hung on his every word. He was like a huge mentor for me. He love bombed us. There's just so much psychological manipulation that happens. In 2020, when that happened, he started to create programs and courses that were called the Quarantine Business Blueprint. We as coaches were expected to promote these things. I always felt really uneasy about it. He also started to like latch on like really in a really slimy way to the Black Lives Matters movement. And he like did interviews on his page with like Black network marketers and like positioning himself as this like white dude who's like, look at all my black friends. That's really how it came across. I'm not even kidding you. And if you Google it, if I find it, I will send it to you. I think it's out there somewhere. It seems very intentional. Yes. Oh, absolutely. It looking at it now, it's completely, it was, it's completely exploiting these marginalized groups. Um, People who had lost their jobs, victims of racism. And I just, I was like, this, this feels weird, but you're in like this, you're, you're, I'm benefiting from all of this. I'm like, wow, I can share this with my team. Like, 
there are people losing their jobs. You know, it's pitched you in this way, like you're helping people. You have a solution that people need right now. So you, you get caught up with it and you ignore the red flags, especially when there's like this culture of toxic positivity. And, you know, that quote, that's like, when you look at the world through rose colored glasses, you can't see the red flags. Absolutely. But that was like, I was like, this doesn't feel right but I'm just going to go with it. You know, maybe I'm the only one like everybody does. So now we're in summer of 2020, like, and I started to get really just burned out. I'm like a coach. I have all these clients. I'm trying to keep up the Arbon thing that is slowly declining. I'm starting to feel like an imposter because I'm coaching all these people. And yet I'm looking at my business and it is declining at a massive rate. I want to keep the morale and the culture within my team, like up and positive. And I'm feeling just really burned out. So I kind of decide to take a step back in an attempt to try to set like healthy boundaries, right? Like everybody during the pandemic, like my mental health was, I had lost control of it. <laughs> like we all felt, you know, so I, I dabbled in like other things. I'm like, I'm going to listen to people outside of network marketing. Cause like, I, I just need a break from like all of this. So I actually went down like a Tony Robbins path. You don't know this. I graduated from Tony Robbins master. University in 2020 and 2021. Congratulations. (laughs) Yeah. $15,000 later. Oh my God. Is that how much it is? Yes. Whoa. I am a people pleasing overachiever, like a lot of people in MLMs. And so I did the accelerated program where I banged it all out in like nine months, but you could do it over the course of like two, three years. But my plan at this time was I'm going to break out on my own and do online coaching. I'm going to use this experience with Ray to like get clients under my belt, but I'm going to get the certification from Tony Robbins. Uh, Then I'm going to eventually start my own thing, which is what a lot of people do. And I will say like Ray kind of like he didn't care about that as long as you didn't do network marketing coaching. He was very adamant, like it could not interfere But then later he started getting into manifestation coaching and all these different things. And he started to monopolize. His coaches couldn't do anything. That was my plan. I don't regret any of it because going through the Tony Robbins thing actually was another stepping stone in this whole thing. Because during his business, I do realize Tony Robbins is culty. So I want to get that on the record. But during the first day of his business mastery, he taught how to do a profit loss statement. Oh, Tony Robbins. Really? Yeah. He had somebody come in and we did numbers and he said, you could do this for your own business. You could make up numbers if you wanted to. I just had Arbon at that time. I'm like, okay. So I started to do a profit loss for Arbon. This was March, 2021. And I did that for like three months. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, things are not what they seem. So I did that like March, April, May, like I really kept it like really well. And I saw like, this is a crapshoot. Holy crap. Like, I I don't have anything to show for this business. This isn't a business. Like what is happening? And so then I'm like, well, maybe I'm just spending too much. This is where I stopped purchasing product and I started to kind of phase out, right? So this is where I then told my sponsor, the woman who brought me into Arbonne, like I'm bowing out. Then I get the text message from that upline. Do you want to just put in a $200 order? I'm kind of like getting the timeline back together here. So this is November, 2021. 
And I said to that upline, I'm like, please stop messaging me. I don't want to do Arbon, but like, I still had an ID. I'm still a coach in rank makers at this time. So now we're January, 2022. So just this year, tragically, the woman who brought me in, she loses her husband and it was devastating. He was like a good friend to myself and my husband. We had gone on trips with them, right? I just, I, my heart goes out to her and her family. I felt like I wanted to get out. My ID was up in March, but now I felt stuck because I'm like, if I leave now, it's almost going to, even though I told her I was gone, but if I, it's like, I felt like I had to cling on for her because she's going through all this. So I stayed with it for like a couple more months. And then end of February and March, her uplines started messaging my team and guilting them into working their business to help the woman who brought me in because she had just lost her husband. Let's rally together and work for her. Could you just get one Facebook event on the calendar this week? If you book all the events, I'll run them for you. It was just very desperate. And they never did it to me because they knew I was on my way out. They knew I'd be like, F this. But my team started to tell me about it. They were like, this is weird. They felt guilt. They were like, I feel bad that I'm not working the business, whatever, because my sponsor had lost her husband. And of course you, you want to be there for people. This is emotional manipulation. MLMs so, do it really well. Yeah. You rally around any of your sisters or whoever on your team, you know, we could do a food train. We could do a GoFundMe. We could just donate money to her, but yep. no, 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 no. Yeah. What we need to do is we need to hold more MLM parties and hold fundraisers and hold events and recruit people and get more people in and help her business stay afloat while she can't work her business, which is a pyramid scheme. Yep. So I messaged her upline. I, I like to call her her Arbon grandma because I know she would hate to be called a grandma. I messaged the Arbon grandma and I called it out and I said, I can no longer ignore this kind of behavior anymore. This is disgusting and I'm out. And I just said like I was done. And so I didn't renew in March. Well, come to find out, and I still don't know who it is to this day because then my account got locked because when I started speaking out on TikTok, Arbon didn't like that. And they sent me an email. You're disparaging the Arbon name and the network marketing industry. Why are you doing this? And after months of trying to get out, then they finally, they said, we'll cancel your ID immediately. I'm like, thank you. But it didn't take until I started speaking out that they did anything. I found out that somebody renewed my account. And I know you've done episodes on this, but it wasn't uncommon for like uplines to have your account information because they'd like go in and put orders to like help you reach a goal. I don't know if they did this in LuLaRoe, I'm sure. I mean, it didn't happen to me, but I'm sure it happened to somebody. 
And it was only if they knew you were serious, but like, if I was really close to hitting the next rank and they also needed somebody to rank up, oh, they'd be like, oh, I've got like $500 in orders that I can put under you. And so somebody, because they knew I was up for renewal and they didn't want to like lose people, renewed me. And then, so I'm like, I didn't renew, but I mean, that's, it's neither here nor there now because I'm out. So they renewed you with their money or they somehow charged your card? No, with their money. Yeah. It's that's, it's wild. Mm -hmm. They needed you to stay in because it's a pyramid scheme and you leaving is a load bearing brick in the pyramid would cause too much if you left. So they took it upon themselves to renew you because they knew you were going to quit and not renew. That is so scammy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's awful. Um, The woman who brought me in, she did try to help. She did try and call like the VP customer support because yeah, the VPs had their own customer support and she did try and it just was like this runaround. And then I just thought it was so interesting that one of my TikToks got like shown to somebody in Arbonne and I get this email and then all of a sudden it's just like lickety split like oh we're happy to see you go well good so am I wow so you get terminated essentially from Arbonne for speaking out but are you still in rank makers at this time so I officially my Arbonne ID didn't get terminated until June of this year I left rank makers in May. So I've only been like four months out. I I shared like some of the red flags during the pandemic and all this stuff. I'm getting really burned out from coaching. And this, this is may sound weird if you're not familiar with like this covert abuse. Okay. But this is one of the things about Ray that I, again, I started to wake up to the facade. I started to see that the emperor wasn't wearing any clothes is because Prior to the pandemic, he talked about mindset and all that stuff. He would kind of talk about meditation and all that, but not really. Like he was all about like action steps. And that's kind of like what draws people to him. Cause like he makes these promises that he's going to tell you exactly what you need to do every day for your business, which is what network marketers like are drawn to because they have no fucking clue what they're doing every day. <laughs> like, Cause it's all just right. It's like all um, futile tasks. I'm doing all the things. Why isn't going anywhere? Well, because you're in a pyramid scheme. Moving on, he all of a sudden goes down this like Joe Dispenza. And I'm sure Julie talked about this in her episode. Maybe not. But so I hope people listen to her first. But he goes down this coconut Joe, Joe Dispenza, like he's hiring him as a coach. He's hiring like this guru. And when I say guru, I mean a legit guru. Like this dude's name was like, Sahavi guru. And he's all of a sudden going down this spiritual path. Prior to this, my husband is an avid meditator, not in like a magical thinking way, but meditation has benefits for many people. And I'm an anxious squirrel. And so my husband always like tried to get me to meditate. I would tell Ray that I'd be like, you know, I think meditation would really help our clients or certain clients. And he'd always be like, yeah, it, it it has benefits, but you know, I do think it's a distraction from doing the work. So we kind of always gaslit that idea until of course it was his idea. <laughs> and then all of a sudden everyone needs to meditate the way that he meditates. I thought that was weird. I'm like, he always poo-pooed meditation or kind of said it was a distraction. And now all of a sudden he's just this meditation guru. 
And I remember we were in a meeting and I brought it up. I said, you know, my husband was always trying to get me to meditate. And since you've been talking, I knew how to set it up. So like it would feed his ego. I'm like, but since you've been talking about meditation, I've started to meditate more consistently. And here's where covert abuse might be missed. I'm going to give you a great example. This is what he did. He immediately said, well, how long are you meditating for? Like, oh, well, I meditate for about 15 minutes. Well, I'm getting up at like 4 a.m. to meditate for 90 minutes every day. That you see, you see that hierarchy of like, he has to establish that even though your husband's been doing it for a really long time, I know more than you. Don't go get meditation advice from somebody else. It's a abuse of power. Oh, well, how long are you meditating for? I'm I'm getting up at 4 a.m. I'm meditating or 5 a.m., whatever it was. I'm meditating for an hour and a half every day. What kind of meditations are you using? I'm like, well, we're just using like sounds from YouTube. We just do it together. Well, I'm, I've been doing Joe Dispenza's courses and all this stuff. Okay. Planting you, a lot of seeds. Yes. And if only you could afford these coaches like me, then perhaps, but he knew I couldn't. He knew I couldn't shell out $100,000 for Grant Cardone. He knew I couldn't hire Joe Dispenza. He would act like, but you don't have to. You can get all the value through me. Just stay close to me. And that was something that he did often, especially to the coaches and the people that worked for him. Like, you are so lucky to be surrounded by me and to get this privy information. And then he's like, well, are, how are you meditating? Are you sitting up? Are you sitting cross-legged? I'm like, well, I actually prefer to lie down because like, it kind of makes me sleepy. And he's like, well, you know, basically like you're doing it wrong. I sit up straight. I have my back, my spine aligned. I align all my chakras and all this stuff. And I left the meeting feeling like a complete asshole, feeling like, am I doing this right? Well, I also kind of felt like he helped me so much because I was still like having that fawn response, which is I've now learned is a trauma response. Fawning over him is a trauma response. So that's like one example of covert abuse that I started to wake up to. I just saw the contradictions. I'm like, this dude, if he sees that it could make him money, have him assert more power over his followers, he'll latch onto it. But if it's your idea... it's not good enough. And he has to establish that your ideas aren't good enough until he makes them his ideas. So I looked up an article that was like 14 different ways of covert abuse and I wrote them down and I kind of want to go through them and see what, um, what your experiences with these were with Ray and rank makers and see if you experience these. Cause these are sort of like the big 14 red flags. (laughs) And I feel like as I was writing them down, I'm like, "Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So are you ready? Yes. Okay. So one of the red flags of covert abuse is belittling people. <laughs> You've already mentioned it so many times, literally him belittling how you meditate like, oh, only 15 minutes, huh? Well, I get up super duper early shows how dedicated I am and how you're not. And then I do it for 90 minutes. Even though I'm a super busy person who has a super busy day, I make it so important that I spend one and a half hours of the only 24 that I get doing this so early in the morning. That's why I have to wake up so early to make it a priority. Oh, you just do it like lying down whenever you can. Oh, okay. I mean, hello. Yeah. And one thing he would always establish is what a lunatic he was, which now looking back on is really weird, but he would call himself a lunatic all the time. And he would say it like his work ethic, but then he would say, most people aren't like me. Most people aren't like me. 
And, and the other way I think he belittled me, which I kind of told you before we started recording was he would mispronounce my name, my last name all the time, which I do have a hard to pronounce last name. It's Ryla, but he would always be like, Rahala, like, and I really think it's, it was part of him being like, I don't care what your name is. Cause you know, I have all these other right. people that would fill your spot. And then that goes into uh betrayal, just little acts of betraying you. Mm-hmm. Well, a big one is after I became a coach, he then put out this like call to action that he was going to create a speaking team. And so we had to record a video as you always do and share like pretty much your biggest sob story of why they should put your story on his stages. And now it's like, I feel like that could be used as collateral against me. He made these promises when he pitched the speaking team to everybody that he was going to make the next wave of million dollar speakers and that whoever was fortunate enough to become a member of his speaking team, they would like within the next year, his goal was to get you to become a millionaire. And I, so I was also on his speaking team, which was established during the pandemic. And so he claimed that it was because of the pandemic that he didn't get these people to a million dollars. But I felt very betrayed in the sense that like this promise was made and I put like my heart and soul into writing a speech, going through the workshop, trying out for it. And then like, we were pretty much made to feel like we needed to practice inside of his groups for free first before we were good enough to go on any stages. And also for the speaking team, he like would pit our stories against one another and be like, oh my God, did you hear, I'll just say Julie. It wasn't Julie, but I'm just going to use Julie. Did you hear Julie's story? Oh my God, it's so amazing. And then you you felt like, oh God, my, my story isn't as good as Julie's. Maybe I need to make it a little more traumatic. You know what I mean? Or make it a little bit more transformational. And so you would embellish and you're taught to do that in MLMs. Like it was nothing I hadn't heard before, but that felt like a sense of betrayal because I, I just, I felt lied to. And of course, the obvious one is this was supposed to be a family, like rank makers is a family. And when I questioned him. And then I was eventually kicked out of all the groups. I wasn't allowed to say goodbye to any of my clients and any of that. I was blocked. Content was made about me. Um, You know, it wasn't supportive. So yeah, I felt a huge sense of betrayal. I mean, that goes right into a couple on this list. Um, Isolation, control, gaslighting, blame shifting, and public slander. I think you just checked all those off too. Yeah. He would pitch to people who he wanted to join inner circle. Like our coaches get trained by me. We have meetings together and they are coached and trained by me. That was our certification, like that we lived up close and personal the Ray. But he would shame us in those meetings. You need to be asking more questions. I'm probably checking off all these. I'm probably getting way ahead of you. I'm so sorry. No, you're totally fine. I love it. I mean, it, it organically, you're checking off the list without me even having to bring up the, the, the points on my list. Yeah, it's just, it's like just coming out. He would shame us. Like I, I remember, and I actually have this on the recording. Like I, re- towards the end, I started recording meetings with him because they were getting so bad. I wanted to protect myself. He came on and he's just like, 
you know, fine, nobody has a question to ask, you know, like, if you're not asking me questions, if you're not, like, I'm a busy person, like, if you're not taking this time seriously, like, you know, maybe it doesn't mean that you don't want to make a big impact. Or he would say, like, just because you ask questions doesn't mean you don't know how to do your job. It just means that I might know how to do your job. Like, he always had to establish that hierarchy, like that we were good coaches because of him. Yeah. I mean, that sort of checks off playing victim, twisting words and the deflection of responsibility. Yeah. So he had these inner circle coaches, but the people who are even closer to him were these people called like his three marketeers. Now he did do this to me, but not at the same level as them. So I'm kind of like sharing on their behalf because they shared with somebody. So I just want to make that clear. I mean, he would message like the head coach and like these three marketeers, like at all different times and get these ideas for challenges. And then he would pitch it like, you guys are so lucky to be privy to my great idea. Of course, he didn't say that like word for word, but that's how it was. And it was like, we need to get this done by the end of the week. We need to get this done by the end of the month. So it was like everybody scrambling to get this new challenge together and drop everything. I mean, drop your MLM business, like you're all of these things for his great idea. And like, you were lucky to execute it for him, but you were never compensated for that. We would get compensated. Say we did a training in the challenge. Like the, if the training was an hour, I would get compensated, but like all the stuff leading up to that, like telling our clients about it, any promotional stuff. We were, we were kind of like asked, like, talk about it on your social media. None of that was paid for. We were just lucky to be a part of this, his impact. It's just, it's wild. Um, Another one of the things on this list is the nice reputation, right? That publicly, this person is incredible. This person is nice. This person would never do anything wrong. Anybody outside that doesn't know this person the way you know this person would say, what? I would never expect that from them because they paint and they mask this perfect persona for the public. Um, was that also something that you experienced with rank makers? Yeah. And he would ask us to, he always used the word edify, but it was more like deify him, but he would say it like, you know, if you, he would do drawings and incentives, like if you love rank makers, or if you bought our TikTok influencer course and you got like value from it, do a post on your social media, tag me. Um, and so you'd have these videos because these people were fawning again. I think it's a trauma response over him for his attention. And because it was this facade that if you were close to him, you just got access to all of these things, like all these coaches, wow, they're so lucky and all this stuff. And so, yeah, there were all these like testimonials out there, but people didn't know that they were, they were incentivized. They were basically paid. Like they, there were drawings done for this of like, rank makers changed my life or like I joined rank makers and did this. They were constantly like asking for stories. And now I'm like, you have to ask for people to praise you. I just, I would, even when I was deep in MLM, I was never like asking my team, like if I'm a great leader, like I'm going to do a giveaway. If I'm a, if I'm a great leader, if that training I did was so great, like post on your social media about it. It's like, it's very, Keith Raniere vibes. Yeah. Very <laughs> culty. It is. So, so what was the final straw for 
everything was just waking up and realizing your cognitive dissonance was like, this is all of this is a big scam. When he shamed us and we're asking questions, that was like, I remember that meeting and that meeting happened like in April and I had just left Arbonne and I just, a lot of his trainings were getting into deep emotional manipulation In fact, he's coming out with a book called Defiance, where he's literally going to be teaching people how to defy their emotions, basically like deny red flags, deny your intuition. And like, this was like his thing. And I like never got behind it and I would question it, but I was always like gaslit. And then I felt very alone. Like none of the other coaches got it, except this other coach who has since left, like her and I would have conversations on the side, like oh my God, like, what are we a part of? Like, I think for the last month and a half, I was like, oh my God, we're in a cult. Oh my God. You know, but I still hadn't gotten an exit plan yet. I was still in. And I was, I think for my last six to eight months of coaching, like I wasn't doing it his way. Cause like, I was just really fed up. I was trying to do it my own way. I was trying to just listen to clients and be like this safe space for them because I could see how traumatizing MLM was. And I was waking up myself. And so like my coaching calls were really like, not even like business advice anymore. They were just like listening to people and having compassion and empathy. This emotional manipulation piece where he started talking about like mastering your emotions and defying your emotions. Like I remember he was one of the coaches And this was my last meeting with him and Julie Anderson and I, and some of the people that have left, we call this the last supper. Like, that's just a funny name we have for this. This was my last meeting ever with him. One of the other coaches asks a question and they were talking about how they have a client struggling with mental health issues and his entire, like they were like addicted to social media. They, they were going through grief, like just to give you a peek into like the level of mental health. We're talking about like they lost somebody close to them. This is like, they don't need coaching. They need a therapist, right? Ray's response, Ray's coaching advice for her to then give to the client was people are too addicted to their emotions. Yeah. Uh, What? And this was something he said a lot is you're addicted to your emotions. You're overwhelmed. Well, that's because you're addicted to your feeling of overwhelm. No, it's because you're giving me futile shit to do. It's because you're getting all these ideas and then expecting everybody else to execute it by this time and this day. No, I'm overwhelmed because you're taking advantage of me and you have no respect for my boundaries and you're covertly abusing everyone in your sphere of influence for your own personal gain. Like, don't tell me I'm addicted to my emotions. And so that was, so in this meeting, this, this coach asked this question and this was his response. And then he goes down this whole, there were a couple rants. There was like a rant about how he was giving like health and wellness coaching too, which was like total vomit. But he was like, this is why when people ask me for like health and wellness advice, you know, I never tell people to get rid of all the unhealthy junk food in their house because they need to learn how to defy their emotions, learn how to defy why they want those those cravings. And so if you keep it in your house and you master your mind and you train yourself not to want those things, I'm like, would you tell an alcoholic, like, if you keep alcohol in your house and you still drink it, that's because you haven't mastered your emotions about why, no, 
Like in what universe is that okay to be telling people? And it's just so gross. It's so gross. And this was the kind of like, oh my God, amazing coaching advice that I will admit that I like fawned over. I was like taking notes and I'm like, oh my God, this is so great. But then when I started to learn what I was watching Julie's content, I didn't even really get to that. But like, I was learning about the bite model at this time and I could see it. I saw it right as clear as day, emotional manipulation and Roberta, I snapped. I had a trauma response. I went into fight mode and I guess you could see it on my face. And here's where the belittling and like everything comes in all. I don't know if you didn't name any of the other ones, but you're going to see them probably all in a second. He saw me on the screen because this is a Zoom meeting and he's like, Rahala, what's up? What's up with you? Like he calls me out in the meeting because he probably saw like the rage in my face. And all of a sudden he saw that I wasn't like fawning over him and like obsessively writing like everybody else. Rahala, what's up? What's up with you? I'm like, nothing. And I just looked him dead in the eyes and I just had like no emotion. I was so pissed, Roberta. Cause I could see it was like the emperor's not wearing any clothes. I could just see it. And I just wanted out and I wanted to make as much noise as I could in case it gets me. It's, it's making me emotional. I wanted so badly for everybody in that meeting to just see what was happening to them that I just went full on like fight mode. And I was like, I think what you're doing is bullshit. And I said it exactly like him to that. And he's like, he, he, and I have this all recorded. Cause again, I had to protect myself. I recorded it all. He sits back in his chair and he's like crossing his arms. You know how like douchey guys at the head of the table in the board meeting do when they like, you know, their ego is tested and he's like, Oh, how so I'm like, you're just told somebody, she explained to you that they have severe mental health issues to defy their emotions, just to pitch your book. Cause you know, he's coming out with a book called defiance. You know, that he said the word defiance like 10 times in a row. It's loaded language. There you go. And I can see it. I can see it. I'm like, Oh my God, he's saying the word defiance to get it in our head. He's using loaded language. So then we start talking about defiance. Then defiant, the word defiance is in all of our clients' heads. And so then when his book comes out, it's, it was all circle. It was all so clear. So he's like, oh, how so? And And I called out the behavior. I said, this is emotional manipulation. Like these people need real therapy. You are not a trained therapist. This is dangerous what you are doing. And then... All the other coaches just flocked to him. His it, it was them against me. And there was one coach who was like, I kind of see what Jennifer's saying. And like, you know, I have clients who are really broken down. And like, I think she's getting out. I don't know if she's totally out yet, but she did message me that other coach did leave. But like these other ones, you just saw them like fawn at him. And it was very like all of a sudden I could see. This was not a supportive family. This was, I had to get off the meeting then. So him and I are kind of going at it. People are coming to his aid, whatever. And I held my ground. Like I was just pissed. It was just coming out of me. Like I just, I felt seriously like Wonder Woman. 
I wasn't afraid of him. I stood up to him. It was like standing up to a bully on the playground. I had to get off the call because I had to get on a, a call with a coaching client. After I left the meeting, he told everybody, see, this is a great example of being addicted to your emotions. This is an example of holding on to resentment or unresolved resentment. Jennifer never came to me with these issues. I was afraid. Roberta, if you questioned anything that he did, there was a very real fear that content would be made about you, even if you were still in. If clients, paying clients and rank makers would question any of his tactics or his courses or anything that he taught, there was a very real fear that the next day, the Ray Daily would be a video shaming your question, saying your mindset isn't in the right place. Why are you asking this question? Gaslighting you. And you saw people just break down because a video would be made about him. I did not feel safe coming to him with this stuff. The only way I felt safe was if I did it in a meeting in front of everybody where I could make as much noise as I wanted to. I did not feel safe messaging him privately anymore because I saw through the bullshit. Within 24 hours, I was removed from all the groups. You think there's a lot in MLM? I was in all my MLM ones, but then there's groups upon groups upon groups. I was removed from all the Facebook Messenger threads, all the challenge groups. My email was shut down and I was completely blackballed and excommunicated. And look who's getting content made about them now. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's unbelievably wild. You stand up to the bully. The rest of the cult rallies around him and they excommunicate you within 24 hours. But it's not a cult. It's not a cult. Not a cult at all. Not a scam either. Yeah. You're not allowed to have opinions that differ from the leader. You're not allowed to have ideas that differ from the leader. And oh, wow. Yeah. And since leaving, and people are like, oh, she's doing this for attention. I know they've said that about Julie. Like, you know, why are you wasting your energy on this? It's This is not a waste of energy to me. This is important. It is important to call out the behavior because if I can help anybody else not lose tens of thousands of dollars the way that I did, then that is not a waste. Like, would you ever say that to any activist? I just find it like, imagine if all activists were like, this is a waste of energy. No, those are the people that don't want to be held accountable for bad behavior are the ones that are telling you it's a waste of energy. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, people that don't want to be exposed are the ones that are like, don't look at that person. They're, what they're saying is a lie. They're, they're just a hater. They're wasting their energy. I don't understand. Ugh. You know, it's, it's all deflection and projection. Yes. All of it. And it all goes into covert abuse. All of it is covert abuse. Absolutely. And it's so funny because, you know, there's like that MLM meme that people like to share. That's like something like if you just made an extra like $27 and 48 cents a day, you, that's an extra $10,000 a year, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, now that I've left rank makers and Arbon, like I'm not even working yet. I'm working on my healing. I'm doing content. I'm doing like a nonprofit work. I, I do like an after school running club with kids. I have things to do. I'm a mom of three kids, but it's like, all I had to do was get out of all these coaching groups and out of my MLM and like money flows freely and easily to me. <laughs> Right. Isn't it weird when you leave these like high demand, high control groups that have literally told you for your entirety of being in them, that you're never going to be anything without them, that you're not worth it. All of this, right. To just keep you 
trap and then you leave and you're like, oh my God, look at the numbers in my bank account, like for whatever, because you don't have a cult taking it all. Yeah. I I feel the same. I know that there's like a level of privilege that comes with that. Like, I know that not everybody can take the time to heal and they, they got to find a job and all of these things. And I am working on that, but all I say it for is like how much time, money, and energy and freedom. It's another one of Ray's books, time, money, freedom. How much of that is being siphoned away by these groups. You don't need to chase this dangling carrot because it's not real. It's not even there. The emperor isn't wearing any clothes. Ray is selling time, money, freedom. So you buy his book. Ray isn't even making his money from multi-level marketing. He was in 11 different companies before he ever found success and he got in. He's on videos. He says, you know, people like to say that I got in early. I was like the 2000th distributor. That is getting in early. That's really early. 2000. Like, dude, you just said the quiet part out loud again. That is getting in early. And he got success. He realized it wasn't sustainable. Like so many people do. He realized the real money was in the coaching and in the, the courses and the tool and all these things. But then he also has his wife in EXP Realty, which he is then sharing all of that stuff in the group. And you saw, I saw that more. That was another red flag. Yeah. And he's making claims that he's not associated with any MLMs. And that's why he's a coach is so he can remain neutral. I just want people to see the contradictions. They they may not see them at first. They won't. I didn't, I chose to ignore them, but like, we need to have more conversations about them. Absolutely. And I'm making episodes like this in turn creates more conversations in my inbox of people saying I was in rank makers or I was a coach or I'll tell my story. And it goes from there. And I'm so excited. Thank you so much for being so candid and sharing not only your Arbon journey, but also your rank makers journey, which I think is, is so important as we sort of dismantle and unpack all of the things that sort of are the amalgamation of cult scams, MLM, whatever it is, and all of these little fingers and the coaching scams are a huge finger off of this whatever it is, you know, that we're, we're discovering and this, this like an extra burrow in the rabbit hole that we didn't expect and going in there and saying, Oh my gosh, now we've got coaches on the outside manipulating people are in multiple commercial cults at the same time, trying to get people to give them money for promises that again, only 1% of people can be successful in these type of things, regardless if you have 10 people and one person is a success and nine people fail, or you have a hundred or a thousand or a million, there's only 1%. It doesn't matter how many people it's 1%. It might get bigger, but it's still just 1%, which means still 99 will lose regardless of how many people are in the scam. So excited for Julie's episode, I know I've mentioned her, not having somebody like her as a safe space and an outlet, and she's just helping so many people. I don't know where I would be. And other people have left who have now like come into our little like tribe. I don't even want, it's not a cult. It's not a tribe. I don't even want to say that. But like, because there is this whole other layer from Ray and rank makers and the abuse and the indoctrination that we got inside of there on top of our MLMs that just adds that when I see people who just like left one MLM, maybe, and I'm not saying my abuse is worse than there. I'm not trying to make a comparison. I've just, 
there are people that are struggling with this piece too. And I, and, and it just adds this whole nother layer that you don't, that I'm like, why is it so hard for me to get through this? And then I'm like, oh, cause I've never healed from anything in my life. I've just shoved it down. <laughs> and now I feel so free because I'm committed to healing. I'm not committed to success. I'm not committed to money. I'm not committed to a legacy. My legacy is I healed myself and I healing generational trauma or whatever it is. That's the legacy I'm going to leave. I love it. I love it. Are you ready for some rapid fire questions? Oh yeah. I forgot about this. Yes. I'm so excited. (laughs) What is one word that encompasses how you feel about multi-level marketing? Abused. Give me a warning to somebody who wants to join an MLM or an MLM coaching group. You don't need it. You need to heal yourself. You don't need a coach. You likely you're looking for something outside of yourself because somewhere somebody else told you that you weren't enough. That's going to come. You're going to know that you're enough when you heal those wounds by seeking counseling or therapy or like doing what you love, finding yourself again. You're likely seeking that because you've lost yourself. What is the worst MLM in your opinion? Oh my God, Modere. I want to say Arbon, but Modere is heavily infiltrated in Ray's sphere of influence. There's tons of coaches. The three marketeers that I spoke about are all in Modere. The Modere reps would, uh, I know for a fact, would recruit people out inside of rank makers and inside of inner circle. And yet we were told that you weren't allowed to do that. Also, the other reason I'm coming for Modere is because of like the people that finally get out, like you, you build up the courage to get out. I see so many Modere people on my content who are like, oh, I had MLM PTSD too, but luckily I did, you know, I got out of MLM and now I'm in social retail. And so they try to recruit people that have been burned by MLM who are waking up and it's like, they try and suck them back in, which I think is like, they're like leeches and make me want to gag, but they're all bad. But Modere, I'm coming for you. (laughs) I love it. What is the hardest lesson that you learned in your time in MLM and MLM coaching? Not to give my power over to everybody else all the time. I gave my power to Arbonne, like because of Arbonne this, because of Arbonne that um, I gave my time, my energy, I gave my power over to Ray. You know, I thought what made me a good coach or a good person or a good speaker or communicator was all because of him. Um, not to give my power away. Please. I mean, powerful. and healthy boundaries come with that. Yeah, I love that. That might be my favorite answer, actually. And give me a positive takeaway. I'm fired up now. It's hard. <laughs> uh, there are good people. I really feel like if anyone can take down, if rank makers start waking up and they start speaking out or these people that have been indoctrinated in these coaching groups on top of MLM start waking up to the, the, there's really good people inside of these groups. I just hope that the world gets to see it not attached to an MLM. And so the positive would just be like, I've met so many incredible people. So many. Another brilliant answer. Uh, the people are my favorite too. For everybody listening who was like, I'm going to listen to this because I'm in Rank Makers and I remember this girl. No, 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 no. I really hope that you stayed and I really hope that you learned something. And I really hope that cognitive dissonance you're battling right now is not too difficult. 
but Jennifer is always here. Julie is another great person to talk to. I'm here too. We just want to spread awareness. <laughs> we just want to be aware and let people know that this is happening and that you're not alone. And it's definitely not you. It's it's not just you. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of victims of these scams. And that's why we make content like this. It is. Thank you so much, Roberta. Thank you. Again, I never thought I'd be here, but I am so glad to be here. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And follow us on social media at Life After MLM Podcast and my advocacy at The Real Roberta Blevins. You can find all of the links to the social accounts in our show notes. And if you just listened to that incredible story and you thought, oh my God, I have a story just like that that needs to be told, hit me up, therealrobertablevins at gmail.com. I would love to have you on the show to share your story and start your journey in life after MLM. See you next time, Hans. Thank you.